Welcome to the Sports Finder Podcast. Let's get ready to rumble! Sports Finder community, welcome back to our segment where we have special people joining us from all over the world. And today we have Mr. Craddock, the Director of Sports Science and Analytics at the Texas A&M University. Craddock, welcome to the show, mate. Uh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, uh, no, mate, it's my pleasure, absolutely. Uh, Craddock. Um, before we get into sports science, analytics and whatnot, let's go back a few years and uh, take us through where this all began for you, mate. Um, so, you know, like most Indians, um, I studied engineering in my undergrad. Um, but, sorry, that was supposed to be a joke, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I did study engineering in my undergrad and... Um, I guess a couple of years in, I realized that, um, you know, building, you know, working in electronics engineering, actually building circuits wasn't really my thing. So, um, so I started, so I started working as a journalist. It was for free, but I started working as a journalist in the third year of my engineering for uh, one of the top newspapers in India called the Indian Express. And, um, one of my main responsibilities in that was I would, I would do like breakdowns of, uh, of, of the games that I would cover. And it was like an in-depth breakdown. Yeah. Um, and I got a, I, I was doing that and, uh, I got a call from friends. Um, you know, this guy, this guy said I've read some of your articles and, and we are looking to hire, uh, a soccer football analyst uh, in India who can travel all around India and cover cover uh, games and uh, and he interviewed me and I got the job. It was for a Singapore-based company. I got the wow. job and uh, you know we used a bunch of different technologies and I did that for over a year. Used a bunch of te- technologies, Prozone. Um, sports code, a bunch of stuff, and basically analyzed, uh, analyzed, uh, you know, a bunch of Indian soccer games, high league games. Now you have Indian Super League, but back then it was just high league. And, uh, and it was fun. Um, and, you know, I was, uh, I graduated with a degree in engineering, worked for a year after engineering, but worked in sports, and then came, uh, that was actually my first experience as a sports analyst and then I came to the US to study a degree in sports management but again um, I focused on sports analytics so I took classes from business school uh, I took classes from uh, the engineering school just to make sure that you know I was getting enough experience and exposure to uh, to data and uh, another thing that happens when you're actually see different perspectives and when you work with when you take different classes with different 
especially with people with different backgrounds, as it really opens uh, your view of the world up. That makes sense. Uh, you tend to get a different perspective. And that really helped because now you can suddenly see how different people are using different data. Um, you know, and I, it was uh, a bunch of people out there were, especially for the MBA program, like the people who had worked in the industry for years. And, and that really helped because, because they, they would come in and be like, Oh, when we saw this, when we saw a, it was like B, C, or D. And then that's how we differentiated. And kind of taking all that knowledge, whether it was from engineering, whether it was from computational science, whether it was from um, whether it was from business intelligence with the MBA school, taking all that knowledge and implementing it in sports, uh, that was you know that was that was massive. And um, when I was even working in India, um, so ProZone three, uh, which now kind of seems like an ancient system, but back then ProZone. Prozone and MatchView were the two big soccer systems. And Prozone 3 had a fitness feature. Um, so 2010, uh, 2011 was basically my first experience of actually dealing with the sports science data. So accelerations, uh, speeds, distance that an athlete is covering. Um, and we wouldn't get data for practices, but even, even on the base of data for games, actually seeing how we can periodize training in order to get the most out of an athlete was, was massive. And, um, and yeah, uh, you know, I think coming to the U.S., you know, having first, I came to the U.S. end of 2011, but coming to the U.S. and getting first-hand experience with, with utilizing GPS monitors and heart rate monitors and, and sleep monitors, node boards, and, uh, you know, force plate systems. Using all that with, I think, the knowledge that I, expand, uh, that, I uh, that I gathered with my MBA program and everything that I've done in India has, has been very, very helpful. Wow, amazing. Um, okay, uh, so let's talk a bit about the, the um, science and, and the data and whatnot. How has... Um, tech sort of really enabled you, you as an individual to make be better decisions based on all, all the data that's, that's, that's coming in now? I think, I mean, you know, I think you've got to be really careful um, because more data doesn't really mean uh, that you're always going to make better decisions. Um, a, lot, a lot of data can also be confusing. Um, yeah. You know, like the, our coach always says, you know, you've got to trust your eye. And, uh, and, there, and there's obviously technologies that you know, you're very, very used to dealing with. So for me, it's heart rate monitors, it's GPS, you know, and probably sleep. Um, those, are the first, those are the three things that I really trust. Um, when, it comes to, when it comes to using Nordboard systems, you know, the more testing you do, the more data that you acquire. Uh, it gives you it gives you a better understanding of where an athlete is and how we can how we can uh, better his performance how we how we can help him avoid hamstring injuries how we can help him avoid soft tissue injuries but I guess you know your base needs to be really really strong um, and and again uh, you know you really gotta trust your eye when you uh, when you see something that you really feel strongly about. 
know, you've got to go trust your eye, feel your gut, and just and just take a decision because um, a lot of the times, again, you know, the more and more data sources that you keep adding, a lot of times it's very helpful, but you know, there are times when it's not. And again, you know, you have to kind of find that fine line, uh, which you have to be very, very careful before crossing. Nice, interesting. So, what has tech enabled you to do now that you couldn't do three, three or five years ago? Um, I, th- there's a lot of stuff that's coming in. So, um, I think a couple of things that we are implementing right now is uh, so again, you know, being an engineer. I so as I was doing engineering, I focused on artificial intelligence. Nice. And, AI. and, uh, and you know, that really helped because it really gives you, even though, like, you know, I, I don't work in engineering, but it still gives you a thorough understanding of how our technology runs. So one of the things that we're dealing with right now is, uh, is coded, is optical flow and convolutional neural networks. So basically computer vision and seeing, uh, seeing how a computer actually identifies, you know, certain instances in a video screen, in a video frame and, and, uh, and, and how, uh, uh, and the data that you can, that, that you can potentially get from that. Now that's, computer vision is like a brand new thing that's come up and we are, we're doing a lot of stuff with that now. Um, I'll give you an example. Think about, think about, uh, you know, you have, the GPS data on your own, guys, right? You have the speeds, you have the accelerations, you have the change of directions. Uh, basically, know their strengths, you know their weaknesses. Now you take, now you take that data. Now you, now you use computer vision to get very, very similar data on your opponents as well. Now, the moment you, the moment you get that data, it really helps us when it comes to matchups. Which player do you need to you need to put on whom? Who, who, which player on the opposition team, you know, needs to be targeted? Because yeah. a guy may be a very very good football player, but he may not be the most gifted athlete. And vice versa, a guy may be a really really good athlete, but may not be the best football player. You know, so what what really what using machine learning and and AI and computer vision helps us do is it really really helps us. Um, you know, it, it's helped us hugely in matchups. You know, in the past, uh, in the past few months. Uh, another thing is again, as you said, so technology is really evolving, right? Um, we there, there's another thing that we are uh, kind of implementing now, and and it's more in the neuroscience uh, uh, neuroscience front. So with EEGs and ERPs, um, a couple of things with that. So Firstly, the accuracy has gone up so much, so you get to trust the data a lot more. Secondly, like the way um, the way the devices are worn now, um, it's it's you can just have like a 16 electrode single cap that one of our athletes can wear sitting in a conference room as they're going through the film, and you can actually see the neurological response as as a coach is taking them through a certain thing. Now we are not. You know, this is this is something that we are planning on on doing. Uh, planning on starting from January. This is not something that we do now. We, we have obviously done a lot of testing on it's on hunts, on uh, on my staff. You know, even yeah. as like, we've done a lot of testing on the back end. 
but uh, but that's something that we're planning on starting in January just to see because you know like I was talking to one of the coaches here and he was talking about perfect players now you know this this might be this might be um, this might be the closest thing that you may be able to call when it comes to perfect players because now you can actually if if you teach a particular place for an athlete you'll be able to see uh, how well he understands and uh, and if an athlete is not comfortable with a certain player a lot of times athletes don't really tell you you know what i mean yeah. because you got other guys there they're in yeah. Bands, yeah and they don't you know the coach to um, to think bad of them yeah but 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 using ERPs and using EGs it's going to help us uh, it's going to it's going to help us uh, uh, you know make those decisions uh, also can also you there are a lot of athletes you know especially in a sport like football yeah. which has a lot of hard hitting there are a lot of athletes that that are really impulsive and yeah. uh, and an impulse is impulse is uh, is not always a good thing you know because because you get caught up in your emotions and you do something without thinking yeah uh, and i think i think even uh, i think if eegs and erps can help us give uh, you know help us get a reading of that and that's going to be awesome for your Third thing, like sorry sorry just just one second before we go on you you've mentioned erps and egs for your regular listener they're not going to know what an erp is so if you can just explain what the the ARP stands for, what it is, and, and EGs. Okay. Um, do you want me to? Um, you want me to? Um, like basically finish with you? Yeah, finish, finish. Fine, go on, go on. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, actually, let's get down with the ERPs and EGs now. Yeah. So ERPs is a event related protocol, and uh, and yeah, it's it's basically measured. Uh, when you show when when you show an athlete or any person, like when you show him, you show him uh, a certain stimulus. Um, it when when you show him, yeah, uh, and when you show him anything, something on the screen, his his mind reacts in a certain way, and that gives you a certain reading, and uh, like cognitive reading, basically nice. ERP. It's an event related protocol. Um, and uh, and an ERP is basically measured by means of an EEG, which is uh, yeah, nice. Uh, but yeah, um, what uh, the third thing where you know, technology is really involved is um, the wearable tech, especially just the comfort that uh, that's come up earlier. You know, you would have. An athlete wearing um, wearing a sports bra for a GPS, with a GPS monitor at the back, and then a heart rate strap, uh, which which would be separate, and and with the plastic heart rate strap with the G31 for heart rate monitor, that was that was um, I mean it wasn't the most comfortable thing. Um, now you're getting you're getting uh, you know sports bras. For athletes which have inbuilt heart rate monitors, you know, all you got to do is just put the GPS monitor, and it's huge. The accuracy of the system has, has improved a lot. It's become really, really user friendly, which is uh, definitely fantastic. 
Nice. Awesome. So, I mean, there's so many tech wearables now in, in each sport. Um, so, how, how, how do clubs know when to say enough is, is enough, basically? Sorry, can you repeat the question? So now, for example, with you guys, I'm sure you guys would have access to, to so many different tech wearables yep. in football. Yeah. So yep. what would you say is the core fundamentals each club should have, like, you know, uh, because... I they, think everybody needs yeah. to have a GPS, GPS monitor just to track training. Uh, heart rate monitors are necessary um, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, from an athlete's safety, safety standpoint, uh, you know, seeing if he's recovering, if he's not recovering, especially in America, especially at the high school level, you're, you're seeing kids pass out, you're seeing kids pass away. Um, you know, really? With, the, with, uh, with, yeah, with lack of recovery, and and you know, if if they if they had a heart rate monitor on them, and if if there was somebody who was monitoring them real time, um, you know, that would have been used. Like for us. Every single athlete, all, all of our 90, 90 guys, they wear heart rate monitors, they wear GPS monitors. And I'm there, me and my team are out there with a laptop. And, you know, we monitor every single guy real time. The moment a guy exceeds, uh, you know, uh, the range set on them, bam, it pops a red flag. So we know exactly, you know, he's high. And I, I have a walkie-talkie on me. Yeah. And I... Uh, and I tell the athletic trainer that this guy needs to be come back. Um, every single athlete of ours has has a chip within the helmet. Again, uh, in, in Australia, I don't know how many sports you'd actually use a helmet. But with American football, all our all our athletes have a chip inside of a helmet. And that that tells us the impact of the hit real time. So if a guy has gotten hit hard, you know, if it's showing red hits. Um, at times it can be noise, but a lot of times a guy has genuinely been hit. But just for precautionary purposes, I tell the athletic trainer, like, hey, can you pull this guy out? You know, do a quick two-minute concussion protocol. Um, for American football, I think having a GPS monitor is very important. I think having a heart rate monitor is necessary. And uh, and, and having a concussion system in place, especially in the units, is, is, is massive. I think... Um, I th I think where people, um, where where you know like uh, the problem comes is that that these systems are so expensive that for a, at a high school level you know it's really not possible for uh, a lot of high schools in America to actually afford these systems. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's really really necessary. I mean you're having a lot of kids you know pass uh, pass out and pass away with. With, with lack of recovery, um, and uh, you know, if you're talking about a college team or a pro team, or, you know, you obviously need, need these things. But what heart rate also helps us do is it, it gives a great reading about the anxiety of an athlete. You know, because all our guys wear heart rates during games. If an athlete's heart rate is up um, at a certain point in the game, I go to a sports psychologist. And I'm like, hey, once this guy comes out of that particular play, can you go and have a quick conversation with him to see what was going on? Because, you know, his intensity, the intensity with which he ran or whatever he did wasn't that high, but his, but his heart rate was super high. 
You know, we have had instances in the past where our quarterbacks, before the ball is before the ball is snapped, so before the before the quarterback actually gets the ball and has to throw, before that his heart rate's gone skyrocketing. You know, now what that is, that's basically anxiety because because uh, and and one of the reasons why his heart rate goes up, you know, we did a lot of testing on this. But one of the reasons why his heart rate goes up is because he probably doesn't know the play that well. Um, you know, when the ball comes in his head, before the ball's about to be snapped, he's thinking, he's like, he's like, okay, well, I'm thinking this is the play, but is this the play or not? Like, he's not sure. You see what I mean? Interesting. Interesting. So, so you know, like, obviously, you know, you talk about recovery and everything heart rate, but the whole anxiety factor is massive. It's absolutely massive if uh, if you're talking about dealing with hardships. And again, you know, on GPS monitors, um, you know, you look at training loads. You look at you look at if you really want to truly cut down soft tissue injury. I think having GPS units are a, are a big one uh, for hamstring injuries. You know, there are plenty of teams around around the world who have been very very successful with the use of note boards. And cutting down hamstring injuries, I think you can, you can definitely do that. But if you're talking about three main things that that you know, especially in American football, that people need to use, that would have to be concussions because because you know you have so many concussions, um, you know, in American football these days. Um, and uh, and yeah, you know, GPS monitors and heart rate monitors, my top three things. Um, if you can potentially take sleep into account, that's going to be huge um, because sleep is also, you know, one of the reasons why soft tissue injuries happen. It's also one of the reasons why uh, why athletes aren't able to focus. You know, um, they're not able to recover because most recovery happens in an athlete's sleep, right? Yeah. So, so interesting. Yeah. Sleep, sleep's a big one too. Wow, so so you, so you got all this tech, and then you got someone that comes at absolute no cost, natural sleep. Massive, massive contrast. Um, okay, awesome, awesome. Um, all right. Um, where is the, what is the future of tech in your sport moving forward, or in sport science in general? Okay, well, um, I think I want to touch on sports analytics for a second. Um, because I mean, it kind of correlates to that. Yeah. Um, I I think whether it's us, whether it's any other team around the world, I think I think uh, if you talk about sports performance, you want to find the ideal. You you wanna you wanna find the ideal performer on the field, right? Nobody cares about finding the best athlete. Like I mean, I mean, I mean, people do, right? But at the same time, if you got a great athlete. But if he can't play football, you know that's uh, yeah. that's. So I think I think the future of sports tech right now is uh, I think needs to probably go towards making every single technology sport specific. So whether it's uh-huh. um, so whether you know using GPS systems, um, yes, you know I mean, how are you going to use GPS in American football? Um, you know what GPS does, everybody knows what, what GPS systems do, it gives you speeds, accelerations, all that stuff. Um, gives you change the direction that shakes accelerate on. 
she might be, but at the same time, like, how do you actually use it in football? Right. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think where we've been really good at, where we've been really successful at in the past few years is, is actually is breaking down every single practice, every single day. So we have about 300 plays that, 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 you know, uh, it's played in a particular day, both first team, second team, third team, fourth team. And, uh, and you can, uh, you can, what we do is we actually break down the entire film. So which balls are completed, which balls are not completed, if it's an incompletion, is it high, is it left, is it right? What was the route in that play? What was the exact play? How many, how many defenders did you have in the box? How many men, men were on the line? You know, every smallest detail wow. that we act out is, uh, we, you know, we, we break that down and then kind of correlating that information to, um, correlating that information to the GPS data. You know, if an athlete is not running a particular route, why was the reason for him not trying to catch out? If he's not catching that particular ball, what is the reason for not catching that particular ball? Is it a change of direction? You know, is it is it is it the speed in the first five yards? Is the, is the speed in the first ten yards? How many yards does it take him to get to his top speed? You know, I'll give you I'll give you a prime example. Devontae Freeman, you know, one of one of the top running backs uh, in the NFL right now. Right. Yeah. When he was with us, his top speed was twenty point four miles an hour. Right. Like. Interesting. Like I mean, like you're gonna have guys who are gonna be fast, but but he goes on to become one of the top running backs in the NFL right now. Um, what people don't understand is he would go from zero to eighteen miles an hour in about eight yards. Wow. So, so by the time people were is he snapping the fingers? Devontae was gone. You know, I mean, by the time people were looking, like he was, he was already gone. Like that's why, like if you see, he can make a lot of 20, 30, 40 yard runs, but he can't make those 70, 80 yard runs that you, yeah. that you can see at the first minute. But I mean, you know, like, you know, he, he probably doesn't have the best combine. Yeah. And he doesn't have the best uh, 40, you know, he, he doesn't have, Things that that you bought, you basically measure high school kids on. But what he is is like, if you see his football speed, his football acceleration, that's absolutely incredible. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think, uh, you know, like I was saying, I think all the technology that, that we use, it all needs to be catered towards uh, towards the sport and not. Because, you know, everybody, like, especially in America, like, everybody is obsessed with top speed. What yeah. is he running? Is he running 22? Is he running 23? Is he running 24 miles an hour? Well, I mean, think about this, right? You're going to you're gonna get to 23 miles an hour if you run, like, 40 yards. Yeah. 30 yards. Yeah. You know, if you're playing American football, if you've ran for 40 yards, unless you're playing special teams, that's different. But if you've ran for 40, 50 yards, I mean, your job is done. So, I mean, yeah. are we actually looking at the right metrics or not? You know what I mean? Is it, is it better to look at change in direction? Is it better to look at acceleration? They're actually looking at top speeds. And even if you are looking at top speeds, 
does it make more sense to actually look at the speed, the highest speed he can get to in his first five yards? Yeah. His first 10, his first 15 yards, his first yeah. 20 yards. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, awesome. So I think the future of technology has to be towards, has to be more sports specific. Yeah. Interesting. You know, Definitely. I mean, you've, um, you've, you've, dis- you've definitely shed some uh, light on us. A lot of interesting things to absorb and take in, really. So I'm going to have to listen to this episode again and really go through it. Um, Kartik, I mean, it's been amazing to have you on the show. You've shed so much light with us. Before we let you go, where can we find you online? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn? Or, or Instagram, whatever. Uh, but you can, awesome. I can... I can send you my uh, I can send you my LinkedIn and I can send you my Twitter. Yeah, I'll put the I'll put the links in my in, in the um, notes and people can easily click and go and follow you. Ladies and gentlemen, Director of Sports Science Analytics at Texas AM University, Mr. Kartik, thank you very much for joining me on the Sports Finder Podcast. And I, I really appreciate you having me. Uh, on the podcast thank you so much anytime my friend thank you for listening to the sports finder podcast we'll catch you on our next episode y'all ready for this